Would you open God's precious holy word to Leviticus 4? The sin offering. And let's look at this together. And Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, if a person sins unintentionally by committing one of all the commandments of Yahweh, which may not be committed, and he commits part of one of them. Let me stop there. This, of course, assumes that we are sinners. The sons of Israel are sinners. They're God's elect people. God gave to them his law. But it's interesting that his, the, 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 base, the, the, the core of his law is in Ten Commandments, and it's a rather short passage in, uh, the, in the text of Scripture. You don't do this. You don't do this. You shall not. You shall not. You shall not. And then after that short passage, there is this very long passage, extended part of the Bible, that tells people what to do when they do what they were told not to do. So God understands that in our fallen state, we are sinners, but he provides deliverance and forgiveness for his own people. For you and me today, the precursor to that, all of which is fulfilled in Christ, is seen in the Old Testament law and here in these offerings. So this is not the, volun the voluntary offering like the other three. This is the sin offering. So let's, uh, let's look at how it's divided here. First of all, the sin offering for the inadvertent sin of the high priest. Let me stop here. There is a sin offering and then the last of the offerings is the guilt offering. In a very broad sense, the difference between the two is the sin offering is for a sin that you didn't know you committed. The guilt offering is for a sin that you knew you committed. That's the very broad difference. That's a little more technical than that, but we'll, we'll take it from there. Sin offering for the inadvertent sin of the high priest. High priest, he, in that society, in, the, in Israel, he, he's the main guy at this point, the high priest. And yet even he, it is known by God, is a sinner. So here's the provision for him to make an offering for his sin. If the anointed, if the, if the anointed priest or the high priest sins, the high priest is the one, you know, who is anointed, bringing guilt to the people. What's well, a pretty heavy responsibility, isn't it? Then he shall, here's, here's the point. Once a year, he and only he could go into the Holy of Holies and there on the Day of Atonement make atonement for the people, the sacrifice. If he is impure, if he's defiled, then all the people are defiled and, and Yahweh cannot accept the offering. So he has a very big responsibility. And his sin... Would, would carry over to the whole of the people. 
Then he shall bring for his sin, which he has committed an unblemished young bull as a sin offering to Yahweh. Now this is the costliest of the offerings. There's an interesting thing to note in this passage that Yahweh regards the sins of some as more serious and more costly than the sins of others. Here, the high priest's sin is seen as a very costly thing. It affects all the people. And he shall bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting before Yahweh. And he shall lean his hand forcefully upon the bull's head and slaughter the bull before Yahweh. We've talked about this before, but just to make the point again in the, in the text, the implication is that when one when one lays his hands on, on the offering that is in his behalf, he leans on it such that he puts his entire weight, all of himself, on the offering. It's just not the kind of thing where you reach out and touch the offering. It is where as much as he can, the worshiper identifies with the offering that's about to be sacrificed. And we've seen this same phrase in the previous offerings. Lean his hand forcefully upon the bull's head and slaughter the bull before Yahweh. And the anointed priest shall take from the bull's blood and bring it to the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger into the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before, before the dividing curtain of the sanctuary. On, just on the other side is the Holy of Holies. Now, this is required of the high priest because he's the one who goes in there and nothing can be defiled. Seven times, of course, is the number of, of completion, completeness. So he has to do something that other people aren't required to do, which is namely, he has to be sure that his sin, his inadvertent sin that has defiled him, also doesn't defile anything else into the area which, into which he goes, into which only he can go. And the priest shall take some of the blood on the horns of the incense altar, which is in the tent of meeting before Yahweh. He shall pour all the blood of the bull onto the base of the altar used for burnt offerings, which is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Now the horns of the altar, they were four corners of the altar and they pointed upward, uh, which Rabbis will say that it's indicative of how, how, how worship and offering goes upward uh, to God. And all the fat and the sin of the sin offering bull, he shall separate from it, the fat covering the innards, all the fat that's on the innards and the two kidneys along with the fat that's on them, which is on the flanks and the diaphragm with the liver along with the kidneys, he shall remove it. To those people, this was the most select portion. Just as was separated from the bull sacrificed as a peace offering, the priest shall then cause them to go up and smoke on the altar used for burnt offerings. He shall then take the bull's skin and all of its flesh along with its head, its legs, its innards, and its waste matter, and he shall take, he shall, he shall take out the entire bull to a clean place outside the camp, namely to the ash depository, and he shall burn it in fire on wood. Thus it shall be burnt in the ash depository. So he has, a, he has a way that he is supposed to offer the bull. 
the select portions in a certain way, what's left in another way, and then it's all gone. It's the sin offering. All right, now, that takes care of the high priest. He inadvertently sins. He made, he's made, somehow made aware of his sin, and he goes and makes his offering. Now, the sin offering for the inadvertent sin of the congregation as a whole. And if the entire community of Israel errs because a matter was hidden from the eyes of the congregation and they commit one of all the, com uh, one of all the commandments, which may not be committed, and you could put in parentheses, against, incurring guilt, when the sin which they had committed becomes known, the congregation shall bring a young bull as a sin offering. Again, a costly sin. The bull is the costliest of offerings. They shall bring it before the tent of meeting. The elders of the community shall lean their hands forcefully upon the bull's head before Yahweh, and one shall slaughter the bull before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall bring some of the bull's blood into the tent of meeting, and the priest shall dip his finger from the blood and sprinkle it seven times before Yahweh, before the dividing curtain, and he shall then place some of the blood on the horns of the altar that is before Yahweh in the tent of meeting. And then he shall pour all of the blood onto the base of the altar used for burnt offerings, which is at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and he shall separate it from uh, all of its fat from it and cause it to go up in smoke on the altar. Wow. Huh. Where was I? I was not there. Not there. I may have to get a I may have to get there. This is where I was. Cause it to go up in smoke on the altar. Hold your breath. Okay. He shall do to the bull just as he did to the bull of the sin offering. Thus he shall do to it. Thus the priest shall make atonement for them. That is the community. And they will be forgiven. And he shall take the bull outside of the camp and burn it just as he burned the first bull. It is a sin offering for the congregation. Now there are different there are different Hebrew words used here, and this is interesting. When you study the, uh, when you, when you study the history, and, and it'll be after this era, but when you study the history of the, of the nation, and there are references from time to time to specific tribes, uh, you will find, for example, uh, the tribe of Dan, for example, committed grievous sin as a tribe. Apparently, the reason the words are used differently is because, and we're, we're going to see this as we go through, but a community leader can lead people into sin. Ahab, for example, Ahab, Jezebel, uh, the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, and his his uh, Baal priestess wife, they led the people into grievous sin. And he, he sinned more than anybody as a king, it, it says. Um, so a community leader can be responsible for leading people into sin. That's why 
There's a provision for him as well. A high priest could do the same. So here, the effect of a leader can, be, can go into, a, into the assembly as a whole or, or, or the congregation as a whole or into the community, a community within the assembly. So there's provision for all of it. And it says here, it is a sin offering for the congregation. Now, the sin offering for the inadvertent sin of a ruler, a leader, someone in a position of leadership. If a leader of Israel sins and unintentionally commits one of all the commandments of Yahweh, which may not be committed, incurring guilt, and if a sin that he has committed is made known to him, then he shall bring his offering, an unblemished male goat, and he shall lean his head forcefully on the goat's head and slaughter it in the place where he slaughters burnt offerings before Yahweh. It is a sin offering. His offering that he is to make an unblemished male goat. This separates the fact that his sin is not like the sin of the others, but it is a sin nonetheless. And his sin, of course, can, can, be, can be transmitted to other people. So the difference here is he offers an unblemished male goat as his sin offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and place it on the horns of the altar used for burnt offerings. Then he shall pour its blood onto the base of the altar used for burnt offerings. And he shall cause all of its fat to go up and smoke on the altar, just like the fat of the peace offering. Thus the priest shall make atonement for his sin, and he will be forgiven. So Yahweh delineates the truth in the fact that the sin of a high priest is so serious, it has to be dealt with in a singular fashion. The sin of a leader, a civic leader, is so serious, it has to be dealt with in a singular fashion. The sin of the assembly can be the whole assembly or part of the assembly, but still has to be dealt with in the fashion prescribed by God. Now the sin offering for the inadvertent sin of an individual If one person of the people of the land commits a sin unintentionally by his committing one of the commandments of Yahweh, which may not be committed incurring guilt, if his sin that he committed is made known to him, he shall bring his sacrifice an unblemished female goat for his sin that he committed. Now, later on, we're not going to get into chapter five tonight, uh, but there's an addendum to this. So that if the person is a poor person, he can bring turtle dove, or if he's totally impoverished, he can bring flour as his sacrifice. It doesn't have to be, but it starts out this way. But no one is beyond being able to make this sacrifice when his sin is made known to him. And he shall lean his hand forcefully on the head of the sin offering. And he shall slaughter the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. 
And the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger, place it on the horns of the altar used for burnt offerings. And then he shall pour all of its remaining blood at the base of the altar. And he shall remove all of its fat, just as the fat was removed from the peace offering. The coin then shall cause it, the priest shall cause it to go up in smoke on the altar. Now here's a difference. Notice this. As a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. Now you didn't see that in the other ones. We'll talk about that in just a second. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him and he will be forgiven. Broadly speaking, there are differences in the various offerings. Because Yahweh notes the sin of the various classes of worshipers, the high priest, the community, the congregation, the assembly, um, the ruler, the civic leader, tribal elder, the individual worshiper. It says here that it's a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. Here's why this is put in here like this. The individual worshiper is very precious to God. They all are. But there is a designation here that lets the individual worshiper know and understand that in a special way, he is just as acceptable and forgiven and his relationship to Yahweh restored all as important as the congregation as a whole, as the high priest or as a civic ruler. So this is a very, this is a very special privilege for the individual worshiper. He's important. He's important to God. Of course, the high priest has a special place. The, the ruler has a special place. The congregation as a whole in the eyes of God. But then here's this guy, one of three million people in that time. And he can offer his offering. And Yahweh makes a special note that it is a sweet thing to Yahweh for an individual. You see, an individual doesn't really, he could probably hide his sin more easily than the rest of them, but he doesn't. And what he does in his worship as an individual is special and it is important and it has a special place in the heart of God as, as do the other worshipers who have already been listed. So the atonement is made for his sin and he will be forgiven. Beautiful thought. In any of these cases, the worshiper offers his sacrifice. He does what is required because he has come having been made known of his sin. And he knows that when he leaves the ritual, he, he's restored in his fellowship to God. He has been forgiven. It's a, it's, you can imagine how, how wonderful uh, the feeling would be. And he will be forgiven. If he brings a sheep for his sin offering, he shall bring an unblemished female. He shall lean his hand forcefully upon the head of the sin offering and slaughter it as a sin offering in the place where, the, where he slaughters the burnt offering. 
And the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger, place it on the horns of the altar, used for burnt offerings, and he shall pour all of its blood on the base of the altar, and remove all of its fat, just as the sheep's fat is removed from the peace offering. The priest shall cause them to go up in smoke on the altar upon the fires for Yahweh. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin which he committed, and he will be forgiven. Atonement is made. Forgiveness is given. So, God makes provision for the sin that is unintentionally committed. A high priest is just as responsible in coming before Yahweh with an offering for his sin as is the individual. There are, there are differences in the type of offering that is made because God recognizes the difference in the classes, the categories of worshipers that come before him. It isn't just kind of a mundane, routine thing. It is a special thing that requires special attention in behalf of of the worshiper. So here's what we get from this as Christians, because Christ has done this for us. Christ has already provided this for us. We rest in Christ, who is our sin offering. He's all the other offerings as well. Sin comes everywhere in the life of the high priest who lives a lot of his life inside the holy place where other people cannot go, who has, who has, uh, he has special responsibilities and he is to know the law so that when he performs his duties, he understands his responsibility in performing the duties and, uh, and the ritual that he is performing and what it means to the worshiper and to Yahweh. The civic leader is responsible. Sin can form anywhere. It's universal and it's powerful. It has spread from the first man and woman into all of the human race. Not a single person except for the Lord Jesus Christ has ever been born into the human race apart from the depravity and the, the nature of sin. It's destructive and it's divisive. Yahweh recognizes this and he expects his people to deal with sin as soon as it's discovered. God frees people from past sin and forgives people for present sin. As I said earlier, when a worshiper walks away from having offered his sacrifice for sin, everything is forgiven, the slate is clean, he is back in a right relationship with Yahweh his God, creator, and savior. For you and me, Jesus fulfills all of these old covenant sacrifices for sin. But from the time of Israel in the Old Testament to Christ on the cross, a couple of, a couple of things, and from Christ even into today, a couple of things should be noted. The repetition, and they had to do this over and over and over again. The, book, the letter to the Hebrews addresses this. 
how they had to come all the time and offer these sacrifices. But Christ's sacrifice is a once for all thing. In the case of the people back in the day when we're about which we speak here, they kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and it still led to corruption. It even finally led to the complete corruption of the whole nation of Israel such that they rejected the Son of God. Uh, it, became, it became legalism. It became uh, ritualism and all of that turned into hypocrisy. And this, this hypocrisy was destructive. The truth of the worship is that the people surely had to be looking for what God had promised. The great sacrifice that at last would be made for the people. So that they didn't have to keep doing this over and over again. Education led to preparation. Now, not all of the people were that way. They understood. You can read it in the scriptures uh, about uh, certain of the people who were able to live apart from the corruption that was affecting the rest of the Israelite society uh, back in the Old Testament because they were students of the Word. They were, they were of the remnant. They were serious worshipers of the Lord. Takes us into the New Testament era so that we have examples of people who were looking for the Christ of God, not the least of which was John the Baptist. The Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. So those, those who had wrapped themselves through time in the Word of God could understand that Jesus would finally fulfill the old covenant sacrifices for sin and He is our once for all offering uh, for sin and for the others as well and for the one that we'll take up God willing next time. Well, let's pray together and we'll be through. Father, thank you that you have provided for our sin such that you gave your only begotten son in our behalf. Holy Father, we shall spend into the ages of the ages giving you worship and honor and glory and praise because you saw fit to save us and to send your only begotten Son for us. That you would call us to yourself and give us eternal life. Thank you for all who have come out tonight. Help us, O oh Lord, as we move forward to stay in your word in these last days that we won't be deceived in any way and that we will grow closer, closer and closer to Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen.